0: Hey everybody, Ethan here. Today we're talking about the movie Good Boys and all things puberty and our bodies and how they change and evolve and grow. And so if you're going through puberty right now, then that's great. What a perfect time for you to discover the podcast. And if not, if you're older than that and that's already happened to you, then maybe when you have kids, this will help you talk to them and communicate with your kids. Or you can just let them figure it out on their own. You can just let them type in changing penis into the internet. That that, that shouldn't be so bad, right? Let me see. Changing penis. Okay, honestly, I I, I wanted to do it for a joke, and now I regret that I did it. This was a mistake. Enjoy the podcast. I'm going to go take a nap, and hopefully by the time I wake up, I forget about this. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. Hi everybody and welcome to Bad Science. I'm Ethan Edinburgh, your host. This is the podcast where we discuss the scientific inaccuracies of a film with a scientist and a comedian. And today we are talking about a very funny and very recent film called Good Boys, which came out last year in 2019 and was the first rated R movie ever with the description strong, crude, sexual content, drug and alcohol material and language all involving tweens, which I thought was kind of unique and cool. Today, we have two fantastic guests. First, she is a pediatrician and host of the upcoming podcast, That's Totally Normal, Dr. Tessa Comers.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Of course, I noticed from your YouTube page, you might prefer to be called Dr. T. Would you like me to call you Dr. T today?
1: Uh, That sounds that sounds lovely.
0: Sure, thank you. It's really cool. It reminds me of like Mister T. It's like a very badass moniker. Thank you.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going for. Um, it's actually it's what my cousin calls me, and uh, I I just kind of <laughs> went with it.
0: Great. Okay. Um, well, I have so many questions for you, which will probably make me somewhat uncomfortable. But I guess it's kind Perfect. of your Perfect. you know sweet spot. <laughs> um, and joining us is the associate director of strategic projects at Advocates for Youth. Lincoln Mondi.
2: Hi, it's Monday, like how older people say the day of the week. So it's Monday, Tuesday, (laughs) Wednesday. It's always great explaining, (laughs) but it's so great to be on. Thanks, Ethan.
0: Absolutely. Sorry for my mispronunciation. Lincoln, Monday. Um, yeah, so before we get started into it, I had a few things I wanted to bring up. Um, first of all, I watched your short film, which I know you released a few years ago, and it's called Black Lives Black Lungs. And I
2: (laughs) I was like (laughs) short film.
0: I know it's a few years ago, but I saw it on the site. And whenever somebody has a short film, I have to watch it. Um, There's no excuse not to. They're short. So I just loved it. I thought it was so great. And I just wanted to ask if there's like any updates with it. Because in the film, the most staggering thing to me was that tobacco-related diseases are the leading cause of death for African-Americans. I did not know that.
2: Yeah, above all else. And really, the film shows that um, it was all strategic. So specifically with the menthol tobacco products, it was marketed um, and integrated into our communities. So now we're at the point where uh, 7 out of 10 uh, black smokers smoke menthol, where the number for white smokers is 2 out of 10 and menthol is actually more pervasive because it masked the harshness of tobacco, um, but it's so ingrained in our culture, so I, I explored why. And I would say the update is definitely that uh, the tobacco industry is using new tactics. So uh, they have vaping companies now and they don't say that they're big tobacco, but with the board and the CEO of Jewel being from Big Tobacco, and with Altria having a stake in Big Tobacco, obviously they are Big Tobacco. So I'm working um, with uh, organizations who are focused on making sure uh, that Big Tobacco's practices that I documented in my documentary years ago, decades ago, whether it was uh, ethnic field trips into Black neighborhoods and then uh, projecting their culture back into them with smoking advertisements is not doubled down and redone with uh, the vaping epidemic. So. Uh, that's kind of where I started really thinking about health, specifically the health of my community. And that's where I really focus and kind of the whole, the whole body, whether it's sexual health, uh, mental health, or in this case, when it comes to tobacco prevention. Wow.
0: So they have shape shifted, they have evolved into this. All, all the shape shifters
2: yes. And very, very strategically. So um, they, of course, can't be regulated. Vaping companies can't be regulated like tobacco companies are because they're not the same, even though they are. So they've been very uh, successful in making politicians and uh, the public think of them as two different products so that they're not regulated in the same way because we have gone a long way in terms of uh, going from uh, officials lying in front of Congress saying that cigarettes are not harmful um, to actual prevention methods in place in localities. Um, But yeah, it's kind of the same old, same old. They're dusting off their practices and using in with a new audience, a new generation and new technology.
0: Man, so terrible. Is that because the the, the regulations on vaping specifically, is that because it's just a new sort of product? And so it just takes time to, I don't know, get studies done Mm -hmm. and then... Get the word out there that this is like I don't know, uh, maybe not just as bad, exactly. but, but still terrible for you.
2: Exactly. Uh, basically, the rate of usage skyrocketed, and the studies and the academic research and scientific research it was is not keeping up with it. Whereas with cigarettes, we have like sixty years of research and science mm-hmm. that shows uh, the tobacco that big tobacco specifically like targeted my community with menthol products, and that we died disproportionately because uh, menthol masked the harshness. So it's actually easier to pick up menthol cigarettes and harder to put down because you don't have the harshness. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird world. Uh, people are like, you're talking about this, then you're talking about sex, but really I'm just focused on um, institutions not kind of having power over my people, specifically queer community, the black community, um, and my favorites, the black queer community. So I'm really kind of making sure through kind of all of public health that we really intentionally include everyone in the process, especially when we have campaigns that are addressing it.
0: Wow. Okay. Amazing. I think that segues really great into this film, which is about kids coming of age, going through puberty. And Dr. T, I think this will be totally up your alley because I was watching some of your YouTube videos. And then I was watching some of the Amaze animated video uh, series that that are all about sex and relationships and, and growing up and stuff like that. So What did you guys think of the film? When was the first time you saw it? Uh, We'll we'll start with Dr. T. Uh,
1: I thought it was hilarious. Um, The first time I saw it, I made my husband watch it with me over the (laughs) weekend, actually. And uh, we both are pediatricians and we both found it to be obviously written by a more adult (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, group of people. but a lot of it was pretty darn accurate as far as sort of the mindset of 12 year olds and the physicality, um, the differences, the awkwardness. You know, I I actually looked up how old the uh, actors were and they were all, you know, 11, 12 and 13. Uh, So it really does speak to the the changes that they're going through physically, um, you know from the voices cracking to, experimenting with some sexual things and uh, understanding what a tampon is. Um, We found it to be hilarious and remarkably accurate for uh, an otherwise pretty raunchy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, premise, but it was it was pretty darn funny.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I got to say, I think the cracking or pretty much anytime somebody would like yell in that like yes. super high pitch, <laughs> like that was some of my favorite parts of the movies. I just... Could not get enough of kids yelling. But anyways, Lincoln, what about you? What'd you think of the film?
2: I cackled throughout. I, it was hilarious. Um, I actually, I've been trying to get my boyfriend and my uh, best friend to watch it with me for like a month as we've been like doom scrolling on the streaming sites. And they've mm-hmm. always said no. When we watch the trailer, and I'm like, okay, fine, I'll watch it by myself. And then I did because of this, because I got to sp- speak to Dr. T about it. So that's awesome. <laughs> uh, but I watched it a couple times. It was really, really funny. I also think it's just like, I think there's a couple of things like, wow, first of all, everyone has their ears pierced. I'm like, that's new for me. <laughs> yeah. And that's new for me in middle school. Also, it's kind of nice to see that things are still around, even though, you know, like, wow, because the insult of being random was around when I was in middle school. I was like, they're still calling people random. And even though it's such like a vague insult, it, it, it sticks, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, wow it's, it's, it's still it's, it's still going on it's still happening i loved it i thought it was hilarious obviously whenever i we talk about anything i'm sure dr t you get into this w- when it comes to like adult entertainment like obviously it's adult entertainment this is not for children and it's not for kids <laughs> obviously it depicts children but definitely adult entertainment but um I thought it was hilarious it did give me super bad vibes and when I looked did some further research and found it, it was from Seth Rogen and his uh, his co-producer I was like that makes sense that tracks
0: Yeah yeah totally I I think Superbad is probably a classic movie mm-hmm. about young kids I will say it's probably the best one of the best ones in my opinion but this was up there I was very surprised as well of how entertaining it was how funny it was and uh, okay so jumping in here I'm going to try and go chronologically but i'm sure we're gonna jump all over the place um so right at the beginning max's dad who's played by will forte who is also just unbelievably hilarious hilarious in this movie so good um always been a fan of his but man i i didn't know he was in this i didn't know sam richardson was in this and i'm just huge fans of the two of them but anyway so he comes in and basically catches max uh, masturbating or like, not currently masturbating, but like, you know, it's it seems like that's what was going to happen. He catches on to it and just becomes so proud of him instantaneously <laughs> for being at that point in his life. Um, So I wanted to just start there as far as what is, you know, an appropriate place to start? When is it, you know, what is too much? I found that to be a common question online that people had. And should parents have like, Similar to the famous sex talk, is there a masturbation talk that should happen or are kids just, you know, supposed to figure it out?
1: Um, I I just have to say, I wrote down the quote, you just got the best toy in the world and now you want to play with it as far as uh, <laughs> uh, discovering sort of sexual attraction. Um, I mean, masturbation is... So in this age range, we we call it uh, more early adolescence. So the tween years, and it's definitely a part of that uh, shift in uh, growing up. And it's not necessarily it's something always that that is always on their minds, but um, that sexual attraction and um, understanding your own reproductive organs and sexual health is um, again. It's very accurate for for this age group, and it's going to be up to parents whether they, you know, want to have that talk or not. I um I remember when I was uh, growing up, there was an episode of Roseanne where uh, her son was they made a joke about him upstairs, you know, masturbating. And I remember asking my mom what it was. And she said, you're not watching Roseanne ever again. Um, So I do think. (laughs) That was the end
0: of Roseanne for you.
1: (laughs) Yes, it was the end. Um, But I, I do think every parent has, you know, a different approach to it. And sometimes, um, I mean, obviously it's going to be awkward for, you saw um, Max in the in the movie just rolling his eyes, and but if you're up for talking about it, I think that's wonderful. Um, I also think that if you're uncomfortable talking about it, that's okay too. But just to let your kid know that there's nothing wrong with them um, is okay. ultimately, I think, the most important. Uh, you don't have to be as as cool as that dad, <laughs> but um, I do think you know having a respect for your kid and and acknowledging the the humanness of of self of sexuality is is really important
2: yeah I, yeah i agree i think this dad is just such the such the like antithetical like parent trope <laughs> uh, where it's like it's it's either the very very protective don't talk about anything parent or it's at like, the opposite end where it's like oversharing and viewed as that but i mean i agree with dr T, I, but i also think like it, you know throughout it's just at the end of the day all of these stuff comes down to like am I normal, right? Like at this age, the the young people are going through, they're starting to realize that not everything evolves around them, that there was time before they were born on this earth and that like, you know, what are we doing here on this earth? What is, what is the higher being? What is this? They're always just asking questions and really coming into their own and realizing that A, everything isn't about them and also that they need to figure out their place in the world. And I think that comes down with exploration, right? Like masturbation is normal. I think that as a society we like talk about it in such hushed tones and whispers that it gives this very shamey and like stigma based kind of view for kids. And so if the dad was so like this disc- came in, it was just absolutely disgusted and just like you can't talk about this. You can't do this. That is what a lot of young people experience. And, and that's not great because then you're not an askable parent. Mm -hmm. and we really from a maze our audience is 10 to 14 year olds that's what our videos are geared towards and they need to understand that exploration is normal that they're not weird that this isn't something that's just special to them that also they need to be kind of guided a bit because obviously we have the go-to trope where it's like kids are playing doctor um and that's what happens like you need to have the conversations about sex like pleasure and like when is your when when that's appropriate right If you don't have the conversation kids can have the wrong idea in terms of like when they should do that in different settings or in play dates and things like that but if you have an actual honest conversation with them and let them know that yes it's normal and that you're exploring your body and this is what it is this is what's happening if they're comfortable but also just like giving them some practical guidance right so that they're not doing this exploration outside of their private boundaries or private areas or their rooms um so i love how the dad approached it obviously is a very uh, Cringy to the kid, um, but at the end of the day, I think it's better because, again, he's being an asshole parent. At least the kid knows that they can go to him if he has questions about it in the future.
1: Well, and Lincoln, do you get? Do you guys talk about porn?
2: Oh, all the time, yeah. <laughs> every every day, every day.
1: Yeah, like it's it represents. Um, yeah. it's it's so pervasive, and right. that's how a lot of kids find out. I mean, these kids are googling how to kiss, yeah. and it brings yeah. up, <laughs> oh, this this jet mom. <laughs> it's yes. disgusting. Um, but the porn and the way that sex is portrayed is yes. also unhealthy, I think, in, in many ways, uh, yeah. in, in many avenues. And so um, I think also having that discussion of what is is reality and what is not is also a, a part of fantasizing or, or you know, the Though. Correct.
2: Yeah, like we like we really talk about porn in the in, in the sense of like the superhero movies, right? Like obviously, when you're watching Batman, that person, like that, per- that's you know fictionalized. It's not an accurate representation of that experience. And with porn, um, specifically, when we're talking about pleasure and, and things like that, obviously, and again, adult entertainment, right? <laughs> it's porn is meant for adult entertainment, and a lot of even the adult um, film stars that we work with, they're they themselves, they don't want to be. <laughs> talking to your kid about sex, they're not experts on sexuality and sex education. And that really is the parent's and trusted adult's role. And so if kids' first response is to go to porn for their everything they need to know about their bodies and lives and health and love, obviously that they're getting uh, a distorted mm-hmm. vision of what that is. And that can come with a lot of problems in terms of relationships and boundaries in the long term. Um, so the thing is, it's like, it's making sure that they have a parent that they can talk to with that, right? And I don't want to get too far into it, but like, that's the whole plot of this movie, right? Like, the whole plot is basically on the premise that this group of friends, they just want to know how to kiss. They just <laughs> wanted to know how to kiss before they went to the <laughs> kissing party. All all they wanted to know was know how to kiss and what happened, right? Like, they went to misinformation online. They went to spying on their neighbors and th- they didn't go ask an adult or ask, a guardian or someone, a relationship with them to be like, you can ask me these questions because it's messy and growing up is awkward and uncomfortable, but you can ask me. But instead they went to misinformation online, porn, and then we see where that ended up. So that's really kind of how we talk about porn is that it shouldn't be educating your child and porn is out there. It will never go away. And we're in no way villainizing or in the in the um frame of villainizing porn because again it's for adult entertainment but at the same time it's like you have to have other outlets to educate your kids so they're not getting everything they need to learn from porn i love
0: that yeah That's very awesome. well stated we are
2: our, our porn our video on porn uh has has is, is a good melody to it and it it's in the superhero trait um and the cheek in the cheeky amaze uh brand the superheroes attachment is elongated and used as a rope to show how extraordinary and how uh how distorted. just uh, outrageous and distorted that all of these representations are
0: wow i gotta check that out uh educate myself
2: <laughs> you didn't find that video first
0: before I didn't. that That's like, yeah i didn't even though you probably found the boner song first. yeah i think i did and i saw um well, let's not get into what my particular uh, <laughs> in, my my interests were, but um I wanted to highlight one of the things you you said cuz I thought it was so great. One of the like best messages I felt in the movie and just when I was like looking up some of these resources that that both of you guys provide and that I think kids just now have online which maybe I my generation did not is that normal is whatever you are. That there's something to be ashamed of or something that, you know, you have to fit into Because I think that's kind of, and I mean, adults are guilty of the same thing, right? Like, if you have some ailment, or you know, you think you go to WebMD and you're like, "Is this normal?" What what am what am I feeling right now? Is that normal? And of course, you assume it's not because you read God knows what horrific shit on WebMD. But Mm -hmm. as kids with this with with puberty stuff, I think it's so great to kind of just reinforce that you don't have to fit some sort of mold. That now we're it's seemingly at least I hope getting to more of a place where they can feel comfortable in their own skin. Almost no matter what is going on with them.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, isn't that the ultimate goal? Uh, it, it's still <laughs> the more uh, social media and, you know, uh, the internet is a part of our lives, the more you are able to reach out and see that there are others who are going through this with you, but they're still just intrinsic to that age group, that self doubt and that awkwardness. And your body itself is kind of turning on you and you know you get erections randomly or you know like uh, your period starts in the middle of class you know there are all sorts of ways that it kind of lets you down and you feel awkward about things and so definitely just normalizing it to the best extent that we can is is a really my my way of approaching it obviously yeah. but um there's still you know there's still some awkward things to be worked
2: out. Oh, for sure. And I just want to say what, so just at the beginning of this movie, I love that that was like the opening because it really sets the tone. Um, but I will also just say in terms of like the the reach that we have to go, like the work that still needs to be done is that how many storylines like this have we seen in movies that, fo- that like include um, boys or men masturbating or talking about like pleasure and it's like very funny and it's like part of the script, but like we would never do that with girls or women Mm. because of how we stigmatize like female pleasure. And even in sex education and absence only, absence only curriculum, everything's focused on like the male's pleasure. Right. And I just think that is like, you know, like, of course it's great that it's in this movie, but I don't think they would ever do it to where it was a girl in that instance. Um, because of how we approach female sexuality and that that's supposed to, that's even off the table. Like we can talk about funny boner songs or funny erection jokes, but like we can never talk about female pleasure.
1: That is so interesting though, do you think do you think there's a way that it could be done? Like, there, there are a lot of female comedians oh, sure. that yeah. are, you know, yeah. uh, but to...
0: And should be done.
1: To joke about... Yeah, I think yeah. that that's a fantastic idea.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that a little bit during the movie, just because you, you were comparing it to Superbad, and I felt kind of the same thing. Not to trash the movie at all, I really enjoyed the film, but just that... Oh, we've kind of seen this type of thing several times before. And I was just thinking like, oh, I wonder from, you know, if it was just switched and we had, you know, just the female perspective, would it all, you know, be just as funny and all work the same? And like, of course it would Um, and probably be that much more unique and kind of interesting and cool. Um, So maybe there is a movie like that already. And I don't know. It's not coming to mind. Yeah.
2: Well, there's like instances. Like I'm pretty sure I may be book smart, which kind of in my mind is like in this yes. coming of age, you know, awkward, messy. I think there were some, there was some storylines around like female pleasure. But yeah, it's definitely not the same how we lift up like male pleasure in terms of like comedic uh, lines and things like that. And I think it that's just something that we see all the time in, in sex education because at Amaze and at Advocates for Youth, which is um, the organization behind Amaze, we focus on getting accurate, inclusive sex ed education in schools across the country with our sex ed curriculum. And a lot of what we're trying to undo is this whole thing where, you know, an absence only uh, messaging where it's like, you know, here's a piece of gum to girls in the classroom, true that gum, take the piece of gum out. Try to give that gum to the partner next to you, like that's your virginity, right? Like, if you quote, give up your virginity, which virginity is fake, if you give up your virginity, that's like you're a chewed piece of gum. And like, what male suitor would want that in the future? And that's, and I'm, I grew up in Texas in the rural area where our sex ed standards haven't been updated since I was born in 1994. So it's really, really a lot of undoing this like view that sexuality and all these relationships is tied in terms of like what the male mm-hmm. gaze is. Wow.
1: That's a horrible exercise.
2: <laughs> oh, right. Oh, yes. There's so many of them. There's the fishbowl one. There's the chewed wait, gum wait, wait. one. Hold there's on a lot second. Where... Let's go through
0: this. Did you say <laughs> fishbone? What was that? Fishbowl.
2: Fishbowl. So, what's that? So, it's like in one of the exercises, like a, an, an absence only instructor will like pass a fishbowl around and like people will like, either put like put tape on themselves and then put the tape in the fishbowl. And at the end it's like, look, all this tape is like not able to stick anymore, right? Like all this tape is like used kind of like the gun to where if you quote unquote, provide your body in multiple sexual sexual encounters, Um, as you grow up, you'll be like unworthy or, or unused as if you were a new piece of gum or a new piece of tape that you put in the fishbowl that wasn't
0: uh dirtied. Man, that is <laughs> It's
2: absolutely outrageous. That's
0: weird on several levels. Like the gum thing <laughs> is obviously stupid, <laughs> but it's pretty yeah. common to chew gum. Who puts tape in yeah. fishbowls? That's outrageous. <laughs> <It's a
1: laughs> d- dumb idea anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, But that is so, that is interesting because that, again, is very much more geared toward the female and, yeah. and, and heterosexual relationships and the concept mm-hmm. of virginity. And once you're broken, mm-hmm. then yeah, like, right. that's it. And there's no going back, but, yeah. um, there are so many misconceptions about putting things in the vagina and does that, mm-hmm. does that take away my, you know, arbitrary yeah. virginity and, mm-hmm. um, I, there's so much education that still needs to be done and so much more normalizing um a lot of the uh, normal processes of our the female anatomy, at least. but um, exactly. but that's that's a uh, it's a very much a female exercise, yeah. I think, is once you're used, then no yeah. one wants you. How shameful yeah. that's, that's exactly. That.
0: We got to come up with some sort of um, comparable exercises here. Something that's fun, that also involves fun, you know, fish bowls and gum, but teaches the right thing. Yeah. Where everybody just has pizza for some reason. I don't know. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. Okay. So, listen, obviously, we're going to get back to all this fun stuff about periods and boners. And, uh, you know, we all love it. But let's switch gears to kids with substances. There's several scenes where they're drinking beer or getting molly, trying to buy molly. I was just basically going to ask if you guys had experiences with beer at a young age or molly in general, just because I feel like nobody like people don't really know things about molly. I've had, I had MDMA one time. I don't even know much about it. I, I think I was fine. I was kind of in a giddy mood for a little while, but I never <laughs> drank beer as a kid. Is that the more common is the bar people doing that? I know weed is like legal in a ton of places now. So is that some sort of issue? Do you guys advise, you know, uh, kids to roll up blunts or what? Sure.
1: No, no, no. um, <laughs> I mean, you know, from a personal perspective i I didn't really start drinking till I was more in college, but it was definitely I mean that whole take one sip oh, the record is three sips of beer yeah. <laughs> hilarious um but there is always that intrigue and that experimentation aspect of you know wanting to try these more adult things but from you know, I live in Washington state and a lot of states are also um, legalizing marijuana and I have, never you know roll the roll the joint for a child um and i wouldn't advise that but what we are starting to understand it's kind of like the vaping is a lot of this is new and there's also it's frowned upon to do studies on not frowned upon but it's not as accepted to study uh growing and developing bodies so much as more adult bodies so that's why you know a lot of our drugs are approved more for adults or they're approved faster for adults than they are for kids. There are a lot more studies that are done on adults than there are for kids because uh, you don't really want to experiment and mess with a child. But what we do know is some what we call retrospective uh, studies and analysis of kids that start using drugs when they're drugs- it's a blanket term, uh, marijuana when they're younger. And then once they're older, we're able to ask them about those habits. And it's still kind of a cloudy, cloudy subject. I know we're not really talking about marijuana here when we're more talking about alcohol, but, and if you want to talk about Molly, we can talk more about Molly, Ethan. Um, <laughs> but from a from a medical perspective what we know is that the brain does develop until you're about 25 years old and so anytime you introduce some sort of toxin and especially one that's addictive and has addictive um, potential the earlier you start and the heavier your use the more likely that you will have trouble with addiction or struggle with that that substance later on in life but you know as far as experimenting it's also it's super common um so i I thought that that aspect of the movie was very similar um never had any personal experience with molly i'm sorry ethan (laughs) no need
0: to apologize by the way
2: (laughs) i I i'll just say I'll, i'll leave it to the medical professionals on on all of that but i think For me in this movie, when it comes to like the alcohol and the drugs, I I think it's, it's a lot more to do with just like conversations around like peer pressure and like their place in the school, because, and obviously this is, it happens everywhere. I didn't feel, and I think the storyline made it to where it wasn't, you know, these kids weren't just like waking up every morning, like, you know, fiending for a a sip of beer. It it was much more to impress their friends and impress the people around them. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Lucas played a good character because Lucas didn't really buy in to a lot of oh, the peer pressure or of the things I loved Lucas. But oh, yeah. I think Best character. for this, it, it really it's a, it really creates a good conversation for parents to have. I mean, the whether or not all the other stuff aside, but just like talking with kids about peer pressure, right? And like obviously we hear we know like the VHS straight to camera, like do not do drugs, video that we know that, right? But it doesn't really work if you're just talking at kids and not talking with them. So I think just actually addressing why they're wanting to impress their friends and like what kind of validation they're looking for in, in their friends that they just might need to have a conversation that, you know, that you're not always going to get validated like that from friends. And some people around you might get you to do things that you don't want to do and you don't have to do that. And I think that just comes down to speaking with kids at a much earlier age. About bodily autonomy, about consent, and these are all age-appropriate, right? Like we don't talk to fourth graders about algebra. We we start we start kids with different building blocks, and then they can go to calculus or they can go to different levels. But with sex ed, we basically are just like, okay, here's one health class, here's a pregnancy video, and now just go out. Whereas we can start talking about consent in first grade by saying, you know, you need to ask permission before borrowing your friend's pen or no one can just come up and, and hug you. They need to ask you for permission. And teaching consent other ways and through age appropriate ways like that is what I would offer. Wow.
1: And I loved the theme of consent too throughout the whole thing. Yes, book. it was
2: interesting. <laughs> it was practicing. very interesting.
1: What's the first step of practicing to kiss? You lean in. <laughs> no, you ask for consent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, I'm not sure that wasn't, I'm not, that old, but it was certainly not taught to us the importance of consent. Correct. and And I'm just so intrigued as to what kids are getting nowadays and if if that type of of reaction yeah. is
2: is standard, yeah, there's a lot of states who are mandating that consent is included in sex education curriculum, like California, Massachusetts, Maryland, a lot of states who are incorporating consent in early age. i I appreciate it. I, I love the references. At times, it did feel like a little on the nose just because. <laughs> You know at one minute you have this very articulate where max like you have to ask for consent when it comes to this mannequin that they think is a mannequin um but then five minutes later they they try to use a drone to to spy um on other people kissing without their consent so it's really just kind of like when we think of consent we usually just think about it in terms of affirmative sexual consent when i think Hopefully, um, I think one of the things, if anything comes out of what we're going through right now with social distancing is just like that physical boundary and like how it is important to ask someone before you give them a hug or shake their hand. And I hope that with consent conversations, it just doesn't stay to like, okay, affirmative consent and that's it, because it it was just really jarring for me. Uh, Obviously, I. There, I'm not kind of the lay audience on this movie, but it was jarring for all of those like great, great moments in terms of affirmative consent, and then just to go with like, okay, but now we're just going to use a drone to spy on these two girls next to us without asking them, and just you know, like invading their privacy without the consent, without kind of acknowledging it at all. That's a great point. That's a yeah, great point.
0: And in- incredibly dangerous drones scare me in general.
2: <laughs> drones scare me. Also, kids scare me. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh I'm I'm not sure (laughs) if the companies uh, you're working for, Lincoln, would appreciate you saying that you're scared. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i all those drone parts did uh freak me out but i did love how they just weaved consent into so many aspects of this movie i thought that was great um so i wanted to also talk about like puppy love and just crushes we get during puberty because that's kind of another common theme here in the film and it feels like the most real thing in the world when you're in it right and then you know an adult will tell you like oh well it's just puppy love and so i just kind of wanted your guys's take on it like is that addressed now to kids cuz nobody talked about that when i was younger
1: yeah you know um that was a very comical part of the end of the movie as well as this whole time max is obsessing about this this one particular girl and then a month later, he's dating the the friend of the girl. And then the month later, spoiler alert, um, the, <laughs> the relationship doesn't last. Um, so, again, I'm not sure what's addressed in schools. But as far as, you know, part of what I've been doing recently is um, a lot of social media outreach and answering questions, just general health questions from teenagers. And it kind of circles back to that normal question of am I normal for starting to have these sexual feelings for, for someone else or, you know, attraction to someone else, you know, so as far as belittling it or, you know, calling it puppy love, I don't think that's necessarily productive. Um, But just, you know, more saying, Hey, this is, this is fine. Um, You know, it's okay to feel these things and to, you know, take this journey. Um, I, I get a lot of questions also about how do I know if I'm bisexual or gay or, um, or straight and, or if I don't have any sexual attraction at all, is that okay? And, and again, what I keep telling kids is just, you know, live in the moment, you know, feel the process out and, um, there's no rush to define anything in your teen years, in your adult life. Um, and it can change with time. And so I do think it's, it's again, circling back sort of to that, um, masturbation talk and, and just respecting the, uh, the mental changes that a child, teen tween is going through and, you know, saying it's okay to have a crush. It's okay. Um, and not, not belittling it and not calling it puppy love, but, um, but I thought the end was very funny. And often the, the truth is that um, relationships at that point in a tween's life are are generally brief and um, <laughs> uh, transient, but you learn from every relationship. Exactly.
2: So. I think obviously like kids look up to adults and just think that like we have everything figured out. And I think a lot of parents refrain from speaking to their kids because they're scared that they're going to get something wrong or that they don't know something. And I think just being honest with kids and just terms of like, you know, we're all figuring things out all the time. We're always learning. I have nothing figured out and being honest to say, like, you know what? I don't know all the forms of contraception, actually, but let's look it up together and just really being honest about what you know versus what you don't know is really helpful. Um, And like Dr. T said, like as a kid, like, those crushes are like your end all be all like that that is a hill that you will die yeah. on yeah and like, no no one is going to convince <laughs> you otherwise and i think people just need to understand that you can of course help them with context and help them not maybe kind of uh disasterize everything but at the end of the day you really do have to let them process their emotions and just let them know that all feelings are meant to be felt and that's okay too um i think one big thing for me is that when it comes to rejection, right? I think in schools, we have sex education curriculum that talks about crushes and like relationships and how to develop relationships. But I think we can be doing a lot more to like, make sure young people are aware that rejection is normal, and that people of all ages deal with rejection and just really helping them figure out healthy ways to deal with it. Because the problem is would be if if Max had this crush, And this crush, fortunately in the movie, the crush liked him back, which is, you know, all good. But if the crush didn't like him back, I think Max could be set because Max is so determined in this movie to get to the crush. Could be kind of uh, very uh, defensive, very, uh, very focused on like what he deserves and not necessarily accepting that rejections. And I think rejection also plays in with this movie when it comes to Thor's singing career, shall I say, in just Mm -hmm. terms of people not (laughs) accepting that. Um, So, yeah, I I just. It was very successful. Exactly. (laughs) I think a lot of young people would, would do great if they had more kind of conversation, education around how to deal with rejections if their crush does not like them and, you know, letting them know all crushes will not like you back. And that's okay.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I think that totally speaks to how parents can speak with their child instead of at their child i feel like that's yeah. totally the tendency to just say like you don't feel this way or you will mm-hmm. not feel this way yes
2: I, one one other thing is that when i'm growing up this is literally the biggest pet peeve and hopefully my mom does not listen <laughs> my mom would i would always be like i'm cold i'm hot and she'd be like no you're not it's like 72 <laughs> degree you know it would right. I'm like i'm cold i'm i am cold and you telling me i am not cold does not make me not cold so that's the same the same <laughs> strategy when it comes to a crush, like you saying that this is a silly crush, like that doesn't change anything for me.
1: And I would just say one other thing too about, I I absolutely, um, in a perfect world, parents would be, or guardians would be willing to discuss these things and open to sharing their own experiences. But a lot of parents just really Mm -hmm. aren't. And so at least making sure your child has some person that they can talk to that you have confidence that they will give wholesome you know accurate information Mm -hmm. even you you don't as a parent necessarily have to be okay talking about masturbation but you should know that your kid is is going to have these questions and to at least be prepared to you know send them to your aunt or uncle or or a teacher or lincoln um you know (laughs) someone that they can talk to or a doctor, if they're not too scared to talk to a doctor about it. But making sure that there's a reliable adult at least somewhere in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not
2: comfortable. Exactly. That's a great point, Dr. T. I, I also, you know, parents also didn't get the sex ed either, you know? So it's like so it's like they probably got dismal, dismal ideas around sex and their bodies and relationships. And really our whole society teaches us not to talk about this. So I totally understand there are a lot of parents who feel very anxious about this field and very anxious about asking these questions but just as dr t said there's so many resources out there that you can use to start the conversations with your kid whether it's you maybe they're asking you a question about menstruation or something else and maybe it's you not telling them everything but you going to find an amazing video or something else mm-hmm. watching that video yourself figuring out if you want to show it to your kid sending your t- sending it to your kid and then just asking what do you think what did you think about that what did you like Having these conversations started so that it's not all on you to just sit down and have this very pressurized talk. Mm -hmm. It's also not just one talk; it's a lot of talks, early and often. I think we we put all this pressure on having the one birds and bees talk, but what we know from sexual health development and what we see in terms of rates of teen pregnancy and STI, like it's not one talk; it's a lot of little smaller talks. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, which I'm you know just too busy to do, unfortunately. So here's what here's what my plan is. I'm gonna. (laughs) If I have a kid, I'm just going to watch some basketball and put them on a Zoom call with with you guys, the two sure. of you, maybe three, four times a week to make sure you guys cover everything. Mm-hmm. They can wear headphones and uh, and it's all good.
2: Cool. You- Perfect. And we'll, and, and we'll send them like tambourines and like musician instruments just to make sure they have, you know, some <laughs>
0: exciting things to do around you. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Some drum, awesome. A
2: drum set, would love to give them a drum set, Ethan. Yeah, that,
0: that sounds fantastic. I mean, I'm a musician, so I can jam along with them um, or or put them in some sort of silent room uh, <laughs> un- until they're good enough. Um, okay, no, so I uh, I have a few puberty myths. I looked up some of the top puberty myths yes. for us to weigh in on. And just for clarity, I know the answers to these people. I, I can tell you're going to make fun. Do not. And by the way, even if I didn't, that's okay too. My parents didn't go through proper training. It's okay, Ethan. This is your this is your safe space. It's okay. Oh, that's Thank so you, sweet. Lincoln. No, I
1: will make fun of you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it goes against everything you've been saying. I know it. Um, I
1: know, but you're grown, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. There's no excuse anymore. Okay, so uh, the top one, which I didn't see coming, one of the top myths, it said if a female has her period, she cannot swim, run, etc. Well, that's totally false. <laughs> that is totally false. Yeah, it's she can do anything she normally does. Use tampons and menstrual cups for swimming. It says that exercise can actually help reduce cramps and improve mood. Yeah,
1: she can do a period. Shouldn't stop you. Um, yeah, you can you can swim. A lot of times, uh, the. We don't have to talk about the specifics, but the flow will um, slow once you're in the water. Um, At least it'll be retained in your body and then it'll come out later. Uh, You can run and yeah, uh, exercise. And that's actually great for cramps too. So
0: great. Okay. Well, speaking on the normal, this one says it is not normal for boys to release semen in their sleep.
2: I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question?
0: (laughs) It says it is not normal for boys to release semen in their sleep.
2: I, I, I think we know. Where, I think we know where we're going with this question. But maybe I'll just confirm before. <laughs> like
1: wet dreams?
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Like like wet dreams are not natural. That's what they're saying, or not normal.
1: You want to take this one, Lincoln? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, totally real. Totally, yeah, totally real. <laughs> totally normal, and it happens. You know, it can be alarming when it happens for the first time, but it's something that's normal and um nothing to be afraid of you're not broken it's just your body responding and it's very very normal yeah i'm
1: gonna add a little spice here so wet dreams don't necessarily have you don't have to have like a sexy dream or anything sometimes um they're not really sure why they happen necessarily maybe a little friction or rub uh while you're sleeping with the sheets but um semen production is actually a part of puberty as well and so the wet Part of a wet dream um, may it usually happens a little bit later in puberty. So the production of the the fluid that goes with sperm uh, happens a little bit later, like around the growth spurt time. Just FYI. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Cool. It's, yeah. Of course, it's not, and it's not just boys either. You know, it's that is true. Correct. Like so, wet dreams, whether you call them wet dreams, nocturnal emissions, discharge it's normal if you do but also normal if you don't it's just you know another another one of great life's mysteries yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay i got two more quick ones uh the size of a male penis is related to the size of his hands or feet false <laughs> yeah both no. shaking your heads like mm, <laughs> no 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 <laughs> correct that is false yeah it has nothing to do with it okay
2: all different shapes all different sizes nothing to do with anything i could talk about yes
0: all sorts of
1: things that happen to the pieces, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, not related to size and feet
0: got it um okay and then um with uh with acne you know a lot of uh kids worry about that i know i had a, a spell with it as well they said that a myth was eating junk food or chocolate causes acne
1: so that is is really more person specific. You know, a person can have like a flare or something that triggers their acne to flare up, but there is not a definitive, this food causes your acne to flare up or get worse. Uh, it's it's personal. Everyone's yeah. different. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I just say, listen to your body, you know, yeah. listen to your body. If, if you think you need to change your diet, test, just listen to your body. It's, you know, yeah. our bodies are fickle things and <laughs> we just need to listen and then uh, go from there
1: can i say one more ethan
2: always okay
1: so this this is one of my notes um so at one point i think is cussing okay please okay so at one point uh <laughs> <laughs> i think it's thor that gets called bitch tits
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds just about right creative insult. it was either
1: thor or lucas i can't remember um i just wrote bitch tits on my notes um but It is also super common about a third of teenage boys uh, develop small breasts.
0: Hmm. Okay. So that's also normal. Yes. Also normal.
1: I could have quizzed you on it, actually. Uh, I have one. Does the tampon go in the butt? (laughs) Ethan.
2: (laughs) Um, there was a trend on TikTok where people were like, I don't know where it go. Did you see it? Yes. I did. Ev-
1: I have still have so many people asking about that. Wow. Um, The trend of females claiming that period. Well, uh, I guess everybody says that um, periods are when a person with a vagina cuts off a penis. And that's what a period is. And that's not it. But it's it's Jesus. not true at all.
0: But thank a God. Thank God. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> is it true ethan
0: no. <laughs> i really hope not <laughs> no it's false uh, okay great good to know um i would just add in that just don't eat junk food or too much chocolate in general because it's not great for you that's true yeah. but uh, so there's that it's
1: okay to reward yourself every once in a while
0: hey yeah come on you got a quick metabolism you're a kid you're at the movies you want some bunch of crunch i get it that's awesome
1: <laughs> yeah it changes when you're older Yeah, ain't
0: that the truth? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, Okay, great. So I know we're running uh, short on time, but I wanted to give you guys a chance to uh, let people know about anything that you've uh, got going on. I know we've talked about a few of it, uh, a few things, but if you wanted to mention something else, now now is the time. Where can people find you? What are you excited about?
1: Yeah, so I've uh, just for the past few months been working on this social media platform, uh, Ask Doctor T, and I am on TikTok and have no pride so I just do all sorts of uh (laughs) random videos on puberty and sex health and uh questions that teens have asked me I answer them um and then also on Instagram and I'm working on a YouTube channel and uh like you mentioned also uh working with a podcast uh that that's totally that's totally normal I have to practice saying it more <laughs> that's totally normal um, but it's it's been a wonderful few months because of the interest um, you know like all of we all of this stuff we've been discussing so many people are uncomfortable addressing it or don't know where to turn um, to get accurate health information um, especially when it comes to sort of taboo subjects and so I'm trying to provide medically accurate uh, honest answers for for teens and you know, parents, if they want to learn too, that's fantastic. I encourage it. And uh, Ethan, if you want to learn and prepare for your future children too, that's great too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I will be keeping tabs to keep myself informed so that I can have uh, periodic talks. Uh, Lincoln?
2: Yeah. So if uh, people are interested, you can visit amaze.org. We have over 160 animated videos covering everything from menstruation to masturbation to trans puberty uh to all the contraceptive access options uh and we have a feature for parents called the askable parent newsletter where it's a six daily six day uh challenge where you get free resources like coloring books that teaches the correct uh names of body parts to children uh and other resources as you kind of transition to more time at home with your kids and all everything is free will always be free and we have a lot of different resources for parents, educators, and young people on amaze.org.
0: Fantastic. Amaze.org. I love it. Both of you are angels for joining me today on this program and informing. <laughs> oh, I wish you guys could see Lincoln. We got to take a screenshot of that or something. Seriously, thank you for joining me. This has been so fun. And I hope the the future of our youth is uh, more informed and more comfortable and confident getting into their adolescence. Well, that's the goal.
2: Thank you. Thank
0: yeah, you this been been great. <laughs> yeah, it was, so, it was so good to chat with you, Dr. T.
1: And you as well,
0: Lincoln. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, have a good one. Bye. Bad Science is a Seeker podcast produced by Emily Feld and me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger, and our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. Shout out to EJ and Kate. And the executive Pew producer. Is Brett Kushner. Oh, follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Pod. If there's a movie you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to email at badsigns at seeker.com. That's badsigns at seeker.com. And please leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars. I sound like an Uber driver. But it does help. It makes sure people know about the podcast, which we really appreciate. Thanks for listening. Bye.